We're back to the Neil Haley Show. And you know what? I, I, The real life Jerry Maguire's here. I just can't believe it. I'm excited to welcome sports agent Sean Stilato. I, and Sean, thanks for stopping by. You have a tremendous honor of entering the National Italian American Sports Hall of Fame. But we're going to get into how you became a sports agent. How are you, Sean? I'm fantastic, Neil. Thanks for having me. Blessed. I always say too blessed to be stressed. All right. So let's just jump right into this, Sean. Specifically, why did you want to become a sports agent? Was this a, always a dream of yours growing up? I'll be honest with you, Neil. If I could still be playing football, I, I would. Uh, you know, played 20 years, played Division One football and basketball, played three years in the pros. And um, I, I just love the game. And uh, I had a couple agents I hired and fired. Uh, so being able to vicariously live through some of my guys, I would say is cool. But uh, I have a passion for the game of football, Neil. It's been a huge part of my life. It's brought me places I never would have been before, went to before. So let's go right to it, Sean. Football. Like, how did you make the pros? How did that process go? Yeah, you know, my dad at six years old gave me a football. And he said, hey, you're not going to be the biggest kid. You're not going to be the fastest kid. This is this is football. This has got to be your compass. You know, uh, we, I didn't, you know, hit, hit the ovarian lottery. You know, we, uh, we were humble beginnings, eight of us, three bedroom house. And, um, I just really used my tenacity, uh, my, my approach, my goal setting. I had role models, you know, my mom and dad worked tremendously hard. Grandparents came over on the boat from Italy. And, um, I knew my opportunity was going to be through sports. And, um, I try to leverage that I, I'm five, nine, I'm not six, 10, like yourself, but I took that five nine and played like I was six four, and um, had some great coaches along the way, great teammates. Uh, but just knew that, you know what, it would be a big part of my life, and really use the platform of sport because let's face it, it's a language everyone understands, and um, it's definitely put me in in a different type of uh, bucket, and I've been able to enjoy the journey through sport. Let's talk about college football. Where did you play college football? So I played at Marist. Uh, it's a Jesuit school, small division one on the Hudson. Um, had an offer to University of Richmond. Uh, mom doesn't fly. Uh, I grew up in Salem, Massachusetts. So it was either, you know, her and I, and I know my parents, they would literally go to China if I was playing and they would go the boat and take the train all the way through Europe. Uh, they did it with arena football. So I uh, played football and basketball there. I uh, had a solid career and, and you know, great memories uh, playing at Marist. All right, so I want to kind of go more deeper into this specifically. Playing at Marist, a free agent? I played uh, arena football. So arena. post, Yeah, yep. So my last college season, we played Florida Atlantic 10 days after 9-11 uh, down in Florida. And, uh, you know, I had had a solid year and I had opportunities uh, to, to go play arena football afterwards. And um, I gave it really – technically, I had a three-year gap, but I gave, you know, my wife at the time uh, – you know, I said, Hey, I wanted two, two years to try to get to the NFL. And I came up a little short. Um, but look at, I got paid to play football. I, I, you know, I, I, my old arena coach is the head coach of Louisville, Jeff Brom. Um, and, uh, it was, uh, the owner of the uh, owner of our team was, uh, Will Wolford, the, the blind side four Super Bowls with the Buffalo bill. So everything nail was the same, except the dollars at the end of the paychecks. Okay, I, so I the like zeros, the, zeros at the experience end. of just saying you're going to go for it, because not everyone even plays arena football. There's a big tryout and stuff, right? It's not easy to get in, right? Oh, it is. And I always kind of compared arena ball to like double triple A baseball. 
Um, and you no, know, there's a, a lot of my teammates were on and off NFL rosters. Um, and, and it is and a lot of coaches played, you know, uh, John Forcade played with the saints, Jeff Brom. He, he played, uh, who Jeff played with, he was with the 49ers backed up Steve young. So there's a serious pedigree and let's face it, arena ball. You're like a, a ping pong in a, in a football, Kurt Warner, the, the face of arena football. Um, so there's definitely David Patton want to ring with the Patriots, you know, God rest his soul, the late David Patton. Um, but it was definitely a great opportunity, good springboard. And the thing I liked about arena ball was the intimate relationship with the fans. Cause you were right on top of each other. Absolutely. And so when you played arena ball, did you like that whole thing? Cause in college you, you have crowds, but now you have really fans that are like, really, you know, they're coming to see you play. It's gotta be cool. Right. It was cool. I was always the last one to leave the field afterwards. They'd let the fans on signing autographs. I, I did a, a really cool experience at St. Jude's. Um, my late coach, Danton Bartow, brought us by there and we had a day at St. Jude's. And it was just a, a it was a changing moment for me in terms of what these kids were going through. And I made it my lifelong passion. One of the prerequisites of being a sports agent and bringing a guy on is they got to have a civic and a philanthropy, you know, philanthropy but, but part of them, too, because I think it's that goes with the, the title of professional athlete and giving back. All right, so let's talk about, did you always have that mindset then after football was over to be a yeah. sports agent? I, You know what? It's funny. So I had a chance to be a GA uh, that I, I flirted with, and I knew I wanted to marry my college sweetheart um, and wanted to have kids. And I said, you know what? Is it going to be fair if I'm coaching in Idaho? And next thing you know, we're fired. I got to move to Arkansas. So I said, you know what? I'm going to put my hat in the ring and uh, it, competitive industry. There's only this look at 7.9 billion people on the planet, give or take. There's there's 1,696, uh, give or take, active NFL football players. There's over 800 agents. Not a lot of you know bait. Uh, not a lot of fish in the sea. So um, I knew I loved the game that much. I love I love autonomy too, and I wanted to build it my way, brick by brick. Um, and to answer your question, I saw the movie Jerry Maguire, my senior year of high school, and I said, you know what? This is a pretty cool job, um, and I, I can I can, I can do this. I know I can. But I'll tell you, the early years were, were very challenging. Um, but, you know, my own company, it's, I just celebrated 10 years, been in the game 18. Um, so we're, we're making way, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it, and I'm passionate. I'm helping, you know, mold these young men as well. So how did you go out and say, I'm the agent for you? Okay. Cause you know, you look at Jerry Maguire, you look at ballers, ballers a little different, but it did show really a lot of the sports agent process as well on ballers. Uh, and you, you see these things, it's all about building a relationship and saying, you're really looking out for that person. Right. Being yeah. And they, everyone asked me, do you watch balls? I'm like, I know they're, I don't, they're actors. It's not I, what I go through is 50 times more challenging. Um, you know, no disrespect. They're actors. They're good at what they do. Uh, but in terms of if they had a bird's eye view of how I go about it, it's completely unorthodox. Um, but yes, it is a relationship based business. Uh, and let's face it, you know, the average lifespan of an NFL player is only 3.3 years. So, you know, in terms of monetizing contract value and branding them, I mean, it all goes kind of together. Uh, but a lot of these guys, you know, early on, they think it's forever. You know, it's really a heartbeat. You, you, these guys, when they retire, they, I believe it's like 8.2% of the NFL is over 30 years old. Um, so you don't, you know, it's a young man's game and it's about getting to the, the second and third contract because the, the first contract, unless you go the first round, you know, the second rounds, the first two years are fully guaranteed. And then that 
guarantee component drastically changes, Neil. How did you make yourself out of the box and really well known? Because you, know, you said a lot of sports agents, right? So yeah, how you-, I, I, you know, uh, making myself well known, I think, uh, you know, I, I might be the only agent that will go in with a fedora on. I, so I had to create my own identity. Uh, I get knocked here and there for it, but it's all good fun. I, I think just, you know, really creating a niche. Um like any, you know, whether it's Google or whether it's, you know, the, the New England Patriots, you know, everyone has their own secret sauce. Um, so I think really just, you know, being passionate and um, I, I'm a pretty good evaluator of talent as well. Uh, I think that's important because let's face it, just because you go out there and you score 20 touchdowns in college and, you know, run for 1500 yards doesn't mean that's going to equate to success in the National Football League. Um, teams spend millions of dollars evaluating players, but let's face it, Neil, you're an athlete. A lot of good players fall through the cracks. So, you know, I've got guys, you know, on my roster from guys that in nine years in the NFL that, you know, were unemployed the first two years out of college to, you know, draft picks to all, to all pros. So they've, they definitely range in terms of where they came from and it makes this story pretty unique. So how challenging is the prospecting process and then people now jumping in as a sports agent? to find that person and say, I'm going to represent them. Yeah, it's, it's very, very cutthroat, very challenging. Um, definitely. I don't try to deter anybody young, uh, you know, person from getting in to be a sports agent, but the game's changed drastically. You obviously got to compete against, you know, there's a lot of things that go on in the industry. Uh, you know, my, my old arena coach used to always say, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Um, but, but the fact of the matter is, um, I, I don't, you know, I'm ethically, I, I know I can look myself in the mirror. I have four months, five months to feed. So, uh, you know, everything's above board. Um, uh, but you know, I guess too, Neil, you know, everyone's wired differently. You're going to sit in front of a young man, his goals, his desires, his passions, what he wants might be different than yours. And I think, you know, through time and through that relationship, you get to see, you know, either you're going to grow and evolve with a player or, you know, it's going to be a non-reciprocal or, uh, you know, relationship, which I, I don't think will flourish. Um, it's all so, about the results, right? Yes, it results. is. Because, you know, if you're the first person you rep, if they're not getting deals, that next person's not signing with you. Am I right? Without a doubt. It's a results-oriented business. And if you're not, you know, getting it done for them, yeah, you're you're sleeping with one eye open. You're you're in a shark tank. But in terms of if you get it done and you and you and you know what you you know you've got the human capital, the knowledge, skills, and ability, you have the relationships. You know, you can really you can make things happen. And that's really uh, the secret to my success is just going out there, being proactive, and and just having a lot of passion for what I do. So. A sports agent first gets the contract, but that's not as big as getting the endorsement deals, right? And and looking at maybe they have a foundation or making sure that they're really well-known in the community with different opportunities so that life after football is there too, right? What, there, there's so many more roles than people think than just getting the contract. Yeah, multiple layers. You have obviously the contract, then you have the whole marketing endorsement side of things. Then you got the civic work, giving back, you know, all that goodwill um, I think that carries, a, a, you know, I don't know, really, if you try to quantify what, what is that value, all those intangibles. Um, so that goes, I think, hand in hand. So there's multiple layers um, with that. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's other ways to monetize. Look at the NIL is changing up the game a little bit, name, image, and likeness, uh, as we talked about a little bit prior to the, the kickoff of this. Um, so, um, but I think in terms of invisibility, getting out there in the community is important. Like I said, 
um, letting people know, because let's face it, basketball, your game, it was my game too. I played D1 hoop too. But um, let's face it, football, you're wearing a helmet. You're shielded. So a lot of times your your fans, people can't really see the human out human element under the 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 mask. And I think that's important to go out there because you know your jersey is going to sell a little bit more, your social currency is going to increase a little bit more, and your book could potentially be a bestseller someday, right? So all those different things. So tell us who some of the people you rep, and then we're going to jump right into the the honor of this Hall of Fame because I was just reading the press release and it's a tremendous honor you probably never thought you would ever imagine getting. But I want to know some of the people you're repping. Yeah, you know, Chris Manhurt starting tight end for the Denver Broncos. Uh, great player. Uh, he's in year eight. Um, probably one of the best blocking uh, football players in the uh, tight ends in the National Football League. What's unique about Chris, Neil, his first time playing football in his life was in the NFL. He was a Division One hooper. Um, so, yeah, so very interesting. Andrew DePaul are all pro with the Vikings. You know, uh, who else we got? Uh, Tommy DeVito's getting his first start. Uh, no relationship to Joe Pesci and Goodfellas. Uh, he's starting for the Giants Sunday night against the Cowboys, so Sunday afternoon. So we're excited about that. And then I got uh, some journeymen guys, guys that get their dirty, their uniforms dirty, and a talented football players. Uh, might not be high profile guys, but uh, they're all pros in my eyes. And you know, they're obviously look at there's only sixteen hundred ninety six jobs, so they're doing a lot of great things on the football field and uh, increasing their value weekly. Let's talk about the NIL. Just your take on this. Are you? Do you have any at stake in that? Are you working with anybody on that end? Or are yeah, you still- I, 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 no, great, great question, Neil. The NIL, I do work with a couple guys, um, young men. Um, in terms of, let's face it, there's, it's definitely changing it up. It's very ambiguous with regards state to state. Um, but in terms of, look at, like, if you go out there and you play at a high level, your market is going to be a lot higher than a guy that doesn't really go out there and make as many plays as you are. You see the quarterbacks, you know, quarterback last year uh, for Clemson, he had like a million dollar, I think, Bo Jingles deal. I mean, I mean, I'm sure, I just don't know how your offensive linemen feel about that, if it creates animosity, if it divides locker rooms. Uh, but the collectives in terms of the portal, guys are moving around a lot. Um, so that's a recruiting tool for a lot of guys too. Uh, but I mean, look, do I feel that guys should be paid? I mean, if, if they're, the NCAA is monetizing off of them and there's a lot of tickets being sold, I think it's just, fair but i think i think it's very ambiguous ambiguous i wish it was a little clearer uh on some things um but uh you know i'm sure through time it's going to get tighter it's going to get more polished and um guys are going to get even bigger deals there's not a lot on the internet about this either really it's it's not it's like a best kept secret and a lot of people that couldn't be like you as a sports agent for professionals the NIL gives an opportunity for people that really don't have that background. I don't know if that's good or bad or what's going to happen in the overall thing. And then when you're recruiting new people in that maybe had someone that was representing them for the NIL, it's more about, Hey, did they really get treated well? Because the thing is I'm seeing a change in college football and the fact that schools that are winning are the ones that have the best boosters, have the best situation. It was almost the same, but now if you look at the rankings, you're really seeing the bigger schools are just dominating, almost like what Major League Baseball. Have you noticed that? I, I see that change. I don't know if we're going to see that in college basketball. It's it's a great point you bring up, and I think uh, you, you, you hit it right on the head. So I think in terms of – you know, look at what Deion Sanders is doing at Colorado. I know he probably wants a few more wins, but I mean, he's 
he's going to get bigger recruits and he's really, uh, I mean, he's a recruiting, I mean, he's prime time, man. He played the gay game like no one else. Uh, and now he, he's, he's in his space as a, as a coach and uh, probably a lot of players to dream come true to play for someone like that. He truly cares. And he, he's going to, he's going to be able to leverage a lot of things for these kids and change a lot of lives. It's going to be exciting over the next couple of years. What's crazy is I'm talking so much more sports now, thanks to the, again, the actor strike where I can't interview actors. So it's go yeah. figure my celebrity. It's all athletes all the time. NFL, it's my big thing the last month and a half. Go figure. Let's well, talk about this whole honor. You know, I, I mean, reading the press release and hearing the likes who are part of the National Italian American Sports Hall of Fame, the, the, the icons, Joe Montana, Vince Lombardi, Joe DiMaggio, Mario Andretti and all these uh, and Dan and Dan Marino. Can you, I mean, it's to be with those likes, man, you never dreamed that was going to happen, right? Playing sports. No, you know, it's crazy. Cause you play sports, obviously some guys are talented in other areas and God obviously blessed me with a huge heart, big time work ethic and just a tremendous amount of passion. But being Italian, that was always the root of all dreams for us was family. And to be stand on the shoulders of those names, it's surreal. I mean, I got the call. I cried like a, uh, like a baby um, reading the letter to my dad. You know, my dad's my hero. Uh, you know, he's taught me so much, uh, lost his dad to leukemia at 18. It was just like, wow. And then my kids, you know, I got, I got daughters. I'm a girl dad, you know? Um, so letting them able to see like, Hey, man, you work hard. Like, you know, and, and it just really validates what I preach to them is, you know, actions speak a lot of the words and family. And um, they're all amazing in their own right. But uh, in my ancestors, being able to preserve the legacies of those who came over on the boat with, with nothing, you know, third class, the lowest means of, uh, you know, you know, travel and um, to, you know, they're, they're preached what they were all about work ethic and the core values they brought over the Atlantic. And I'm just blessed um, fortunate. And I'm so grateful. I have so much gratitude in my heart for my heritage. Um, obviously uh, we're going to celebrate, you know, that night, but it's, you know, I'm an underdog. Um, uh, that's what I, I really am. And to be able to get this honor is, is, it's pretty special, but this is more, it's not me just accepting the honor. It's, it really wow. takes a village. And, um, I've had some, a couple amazing coaches, my brother, my oldest brother was my first coach. Uh, he's 12, 13 years older. I had a prep school coach, Hugh Caldera, and I, I had an opportunity to go to boarding school for a year when my life wasn't looking too good. And I got a full scholarship and the owners of the Giants went there and that changed the trajectory of everything. It made me a lifelong learner. And it so happens to be the coach, Coach Caldera, being Paisan, he took a liking to me and he gave me the ball. And I'll tell you, he gave me an opportunity, Bill, if it wasn't for that year and then you know, like I said, I turned a lot into a mile, but um, football is the ultimate team sport and representing guys. I'm only as good as my players. I got to deliver for them. And that's, I take pride in doing that. Well, I'm proud of you. This is amazing. Again, when is the movie coming out? Your your story? We'll wait for that to happen. Uh, movie you have script, a couple of books too. You have a book, yeah, you have books too, right? Yeah, I do. Books. Yeah. So uh, no backing down is kind of like a Harry, excuse me. It's like a Friday Night Lights meets a team of Rudy's. Um, the writer of Rudy wrote the first draft, the writer of age of Adeline rewrote it. The movie script is done. You mentioned about the actors striking. And so it's been quiet out there. So I'm holding it patiently. And when the time's right, we're going to get it out. Uh, book is in the uh, pro football fame's library. It's in the, uh, 
New England Patriots uh, Hall of Fame. So it's it's kind of cool there, but um, it, that's my passion project. And and just like it's Salem Mass, the witches, you know, there was a major teacher strike. I played with some great guys. I'm preserving the legacies of my teammates. You know, I was the quarterback. My grandmother was dying. And I'll challenge any movie out there, Bill, that has characters this colorful, uh, divine intervention, personal tragedies, miraculous wins. And then my daughter, Gianna, she suffers from juvenile arthritis. We were going to Boston Children's and she was blown up joints and knees. And I said, Gianna, what can we do to start a movement? She said, Daddy, let's write a children's book. So we wrote the football magic series. And it's kind of it's a, it's it was very therapeutic for us. And it's a great message, but really used as a tutorial to educate families on autoimmune diseases in children. And then my other daughter, Sophia, who's a level 10 gymnast, she suffers from celiac disease. And we wrote a picture book. And one of the main characters is an Italian grandma. And it's um, it takes place in Salem, but it's a beautiful story. So we've got a few different options for the readers. Um, but I, you know. I didn't, there wasn't a lot of things I read as a kid that really resonated with me. So putting that out there and I do a lot of speaking engagements. It's just, uh, it's very, I'm very fortunate and blessed to be in that situation to help kids and do it with my kids. All right. Do you have a podcast? That's the next thing. You seem like you have a skill set to have your own podcast. <laughs> you know what? We did a little, we did a little podcasting during COVID and uh, I definitely would like to take it back. Uh, but it, it was good. I had some good characters on there and uh I, you know, I utmost respect for, for people like yourself, that's got that talent. And um, I mean, it's great bringing, you know, like-minded people that are that making, you know, changing the game in their space and hearing the narrative. It's, it's pretty cool. So, um, but yeah, and, and it's in the mood, it's in the works. Those yeah. kinds of things in the works, so many projects, so much of a legacy, best place people can connect with you. Where can they go? Yeah, if they go to uh, SeanStilato.com or you can uh, find me on Instagram at Sean, S-E-A-N, Stilato, S-T-E-L-L-A-T-O-S-E-S, or uh, Twitter is just Sean Stilato. And um, I try to put good content out there. Uh, you know, they say a picture is tell a thousand words. So uh, we got some cool stuff that we put out. But I, I love, you know, obviously meeting people and my big thing, you know, Bill, making people feel good, whether it's a book, whether it's the word of advice, whether it's some inspiration, um, you know, I'm passionate about boxing. My uncle, my late uncle, Frankie Steele Stilato, he was a pro boxer, went to the Olympic trials. So hopefully maybe uh, in the future, you know, there'll be a, a charity three round boxing, you know, match. I can call out another agent and, <laughs> and we can have a little Rocky Balboa. Um, but, uh, but no, all good, but, uh, yeah, it's been a fun run, a lot of mountains still to climb and I'm just, uh, fortunate. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. I got a client playing tonight for the Panthers, um, in the windy city. We'll see, hopefully he can go, uh, make some noise. All right. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it, sir. Yeah. Thank you so much. All the best. You're listening and watching the Neil Haley show. We'll be back in just a moment.